Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Thanks for listening to Creative Control. Uh, while I have you here, please consider supporting Youth Empowerment and Support Services, otherwise known as YES. Based in Edmonton, Alberta, YES provides immediate and low-barrier overnight and day shelter, temporary supportive housing, and individualized wraparound supports for young people aged 15 to 24. They work collaboratively within a network of care focused on the prevention of youth homelessness by providing youth with the necessary supports to stabilize their housing, improve their well-being, build life skills, connect with community, and avoid re-entry into homelessness. Learn more about how to donate or otherwise support YES by visiting YESS.org. Hi, this is Mark Lee Morrison from the podcast Low Profile. I live in Olympia, Washington with my wife and two daughters, and I support Vishkana's creative control on Patreon because I appreciate his journalistic integrity. Vish talks with a lot of artists I care about, and he never asks any boring questions. I love hearing his interviews, and as a Patreon supporter, I get to hear even more of them. If you enjoy creative control too, I implore you to join me as a sustaining contributor. To make your flexible monthly donation to Creative Control, please visit patreon.com slash creative control today. Aquaculture is both a wonderful, soulful R&B ensemble and also the performing name of songwriter, rapper, and singer Lance Sampson, who is based in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Described by some critics as a surprising musical expression that wafts up from the underground and primarily consisting of Sampson, Jeremy Costello, Nick Dorado, and Nathan Doucette, Aquaculture won the 2018 CBC Searchlight Competition, which touted them as Canada's best unsigned band. They have released some astonishing records together, including 2020's Legacy, while Samson has done wondrous work 
with other collaborators like Nova Scotia's DJ Uncle Fester, including their excellent 2020 album, Bleeding Gums Murphy. Before unveiling a brand new, yet-to-be-released aquaculture song on this episode, Samson and I had a fascinating conversation about his bandmates and other collaborators. Playing Sappy Fest, the country music he heard as a kid and how he got into hip-hop, the prison bids he did as a teenager and young adult in the Nova Scotia carceral system, racism in the Maritimes, and Halifax's hip-hop history, the forthcoming aquaculture release Closure, future plans, and more. A part of the Entertainment One Network with the support of listeners like you who follow and subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it and make flexible monthly donations at patreon.com slash Control and Massey Hall's concert film series live at MasseyHall.com where you can stream dozens of 30-minute films for free including performances by past podcast guests like Shad plus in-kind support from Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, this is the 598th episode of Creative Control, featuring the lovely and talented Lance Sampson of Aquaculture, with your host, me, Vish Khanna. I just wanna give more. I just wanna give you more. I just wanna give you more. I just wanna. It was actually pretty good, huh? What's up, yeah? Hi, Lance. How's it going? It's going good, Vish. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Uh, first of all, where in the world are you? I'm in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Ah, yes. Representing. Yes. Where are you at? I now live in Edmonton, Alberta. We moved. Uh, Where did you live before that? Guelph, Ontario. I'm, I was living in Guelph. Have you ever been to Guelph? I've never been to Guelph, but uh, Nick, Jeremy, and I believe Nathan have been there a few times. That's correct. A couple yes. festivals. Yes. For those who don't know the people you just mentioned, can you elaborate upon those mysterious names? Uh, just so they, yeah. <laughs> they know who, uh, who you're referring to? Nick Dorado, also known as Booty. Keys player, sax player, multi-instrumentalist that is a part of the Aquaculture Band. Jeremy Costello also goes by uh, Special Costello, which uh, Nick and Jeremy also are in the same band, Special Costello. And they're also very great keys player, bass player, background singer, great writer. Uh, They're bass in Aquaculture and background. Nathan Doucette played in numerous bands. I couldn't tell you how Mm -hmm. many. Mm Mm-hmm but very long history in the punk scene and torn Canada, America, Japan, drums player in aquaculture and uh, very happy to have them in my life. Shouts out. Yeah, no, it's an excellent band. I saw you guys perform at uh, Sappy Fest a few years ago now. Or was that was that in 2019? When would that have been? It might have been. I don't remember. Did you guys play in 2019? Uh, yeah, I think we did. Uh, that would have been. Did we do the cha cha slide that year? I believe that is correct on the main stage there. I believe that yep. is correct. Yes, 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 yes. 2019. Yes, for sure. Last time I went there, and the first time I'd been in many years. I used to go every year, but then we had children, and uh, yes. made it a bit more difficult. But anyway, yeah, fantastic band, fantastic uh, players. There is some a little bit of nominal confusion because I think some people think you. Are aquaculture and and I've, and I, and maybe sometimes you are aquaculture. Is that right? 
Yeah, like it is. It is really confusing. Uh, <laughs> it really is because um, it's. I don't know. Like we just, we just, we just move with it. Like I don't really like to like put too much of a restraint on what aquaculture is because like it's forever moving, it's forever growing. Yeah. But yeah, like I kind of like that name aquaculture comes from me as an independent artist, and when we were basically what it was is like when we were marketing legacy and like we won that cbc searchlight in 2018 and when we were traveling and they were kind of asking like who are you bringing with you and i'm like well the band is aquaculture so we just kind of roll with it and like i kind of i always wanted to make aquaculture a band and they just kind of like rolled on and kind of like tagged on and was like yeah cool like whatever you kind of want to do and how you want to roll with it Hmm. and uh so aquaculture is a band aquaculture can be independent like by themselves it can be a collaboration between another person or another producer or another band like it's just basically an entity i, I wouldn't even say that it's like just it's me it's like it's a movement you feel what i'm saying yeah no i do get that is there another artist that does something similar in that vein where the the name the moniker if you will is just ever evolving like i can think of a few off the top of my head but are there is there something you're emulating there? Like creating something that, you know, you create a name for something and in a, in a sense, not to be cynical, but that's a bit of branding. But then yeah. you, if you're lucky, uh, you develop an audience that goes along for the ride wherever you're going with it. Um, is there another artist or entity that, that inspires that notion from you? Like this can be anything. Uh, honestly, like I personally couldn't tell you, like I just, mm. I couldn't name off the top of my head, like another, you know, artist or group that kind of does that thing because like, I'm not like to the contrary of most people's belief. I don't really know a lot about music in general or like Hmm. the history of it, which that's, I've been, I've been doing my best to kind of like up that knowledge because like when I started doing my thing, like it just kind of really blew up kind of quick and like fast. And I didn't really have enough time or like any downtime to actually just kind of realize what it is I was doing. I was just going and like working and just any, any opportunity that came to me, I was just rocking with it. Huh? So like this kind of pandemic, the pandemic has been giving more me more of a, a sense of like, it's, instead of practicing it and performing it, just being like a student of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, yeah. Like, I don't know. There's, millions of bands out there i couldn't tell you what's what's happening you you probably you'd be, you'd be educating me on who, who kind of does what i'm trying to do <laughs> well well it, it's an interesting uh point you're making because you're basically saying i'm not necessarily a student of music or music history uh, but i'm in music which suggests that you heard music or experienced musical events or concerts or something that inspired you to get into it do you why don't we start with that? Like, what got you into music? Like, from a fan's point of view, and then from the point of view of someone who thought, I, might, I could probably do this. Do you remember what the the trigger was for you to, like, music? What is this music thing? I, I want to learn. I mean, again, you say you didn't learn. <laughs> you haven't learned much about it, and you're learning about it now that the pandemic has given you time. But what was the first prompt for you in terms of music? Like, just listening to it and thinking, this is something. Growing up, I used to... I was kind of forced to listen to a lot of country music because my mother loves country music and would put it on and sing it to the best of her ability. I love country music. Who doesn't love country music? I think everyone kind of like, loves country music. I like music. old country music. I don't like pop country music. Well, yeah, that's that's every night 
I have to sing a Hank Williams song to my daughter because she heard oh, that's it. That's beautiful. Yeah, she heard it in the car like last winter. This like since we moved, we moved, and I had my car shipped out here, which turned out to be a big mistake. I thought it was a, <laughs> well, it was a two, it was a 2005 Toyota Matrix, okay, and I had it all. Yeah. It was fine. I've had I took good care of it. It was running fine. There were some structural issues underneath, but we had most of them repaired. Not anything yeah. like it just wear and tear, you know. And then so yeah. I had it all safety in Ontario and did minor repairs. Like I didn't have to spend. Well, I spent a fair not like thousands, but I was like, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. Toyota Toyotas are built to last. It's not plugged for the Toyota. But anyway, so I <laughs> I had it shipped here, and then when it got here, there was like we had one CD available because all our stuff was still in storage, and it was. I just I was like, you know what'll work? Probably the Hank Williams Greatest Hits compilation. I don't even like Greatest Hits compilations generally between you and me because I find yeah. I like albums, I like context, I like to hear what a where an artist was in the moment in time. I don't really like Greatest Hits because it jumbles all that. It's, it messes up the space-time continuum in terms of that artist's creative trajectory. Anyway, I had it in the car. I like that perspective. Yeah, so I had it in the car and we there was a song called uh, Why Don't You Love Me? Like you used to do, I think maybe in parentheses. Yep. I don't know the whole title, so I have to sing it every night. I love Hank Williams. I love old country music. I saw your friend and mine, Steve Lamke, and he he and his parents and I went to see Johnny Cash in 1996 at uh, Massey Hall. It was the first time I'd ever oh, been wow. to Massey Hall, and it was the last time he played Toronto. So shout out to Steve. Yeah, I I know you know Steve. I know Steve. So anyway, all this to say, I love. I don't know. Sorry. I, this was all about me for a few moments there, but I love country music. I love old country music. I don't listen to pop country music, like you say, unless it's like somehow makes sense to do so. I don't know if that makes any sense. But anyway, country. So that makes a lot of sense. Country so weird now. Like Taylor Swift was a country musician and now is she a country musician? I don't think she's a country musician anymore. That's a great question. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Shania Twain. Like country music is in a weird zone. Like you... They're pop stars more than they are anything. My point here being, your mother, or your point being, I interrupted, your mother yeah. <laughs> your mother listened to lots of country music, and so what yeah. kinds of country music did you hear as a young person? I was basically just all the pop stuff, so that's why I kind of ah, okay. didn't, I didn't, I don't really appreciate it as much, but once I started getting older and kind of digging into the older stuff and like just kind of the musicality behind it and like how real it was, mm-hmm. and like, you know, like the... Because it all comes from the heart, like, and I found out that Dolly Parton writ writ uh or wrote sorry, and I will always love you late in the game. I found I, I figured that out, and I was like, holy frick, what is happening here, <laughs> right? But uh, the, the first ever album I ever got was actually Shania Twain's greatest hits. So like, I kind of know a lot of Shania oh, Twain man, that's, stuff. That's that's doubly bad. You got Shania. Oh, I, yeah. you know, my friends and I had a weird relationship with Shania, and that we kind of enjoyed, we kind of enjoyed it, just the silliness of it. You know, yeah. like uh, that don't impress, that don't me, impress much. me much. That is exactly that's like a funny. That's funny. Like she was funny, and uh, I kind of appreciated that in the '90s. I guess is when she yeah. was kind of doing that stuff. And then uh, I actually had a chance to ask her a question at the Junos. Uh, no way. Well, it's not something I'm super proud of, but she went on stage to <laughs> receive a lifetime achievement award. Uh, uh-huh. on the Juno's telecast, like the actual one that's on the TV, because there's two ceremonies. Yeah. There's one on the... Anyway, she wins, and she's thanking Canada for their support, and she's just speaking off the cuff, and she says, I love I love Canadians, you know, politeness. I love Canadian sports. I love Canada's bush. 
And we all were like, did oh. she just say she loves Canada's bush? Like, that's just a weird way of saying you like the greenery, you know, yeah. the <laughs> landscape, if you will. So she came backstage to do the press conference, and people were asking her very earnest questions. But I was looking at Twitter, which at the time was very popular. And so I looked at yeah. Twitter, and people were like, bush, you know, like they were making fun of the d- double entendre, the innuendo that she said she loved Canada's bush. And so I said, I raised my hand and I congrat. I said, congratulations on this well-deserved award. Can you elaborate upon what you meant by saying you loved Canada's bush? Just like <laughs> idiotic. Her. Well, I'm just being funny. And everyone in the press, because we had all heard it and, you know, kind of chuckled and tittered like idiot kids. And yeah. uh, so everyone kind of, you know, there was that nervous chuckle of like, oh, my God, one of us actually said it. To the person, and she was like, "Oh, you know, I, I don't know what's going on. I didn't mean what. What do you, what could people mean? You know, she, she brushed it off. It was fine. But again, again, this, I don't know how all of this country talk has come back to me. I, I'm sorry, I've taken. <laughs> I over. love it. I've taken over with these weird stories about Shania. Twain. I love listening to you talk. It's just beautiful. <laughs> anyway, so your mom has a greatest hits collection, Shania Twain, and you're like, ah, I'm yeah. not with this. Is that what happened? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. So I kind of grew up listening to country music, um, but like I've always had like a sense of rhythm when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Like I've always had an imagine, like a, a huge imagination, because English was my favorite class. I used to do a lot of writing in my journals. Um, I used to write a lot of short stories, just like imagination crazy. I was always outside. I grew up in Spryfield, Nova Scotia, a really tight knit community. Everybody's parents knew each other. I could be three, four years old, I can walk outside, go anywhere as I want. My mother knows where I'm at because everybody's parents talk to each other. Like they're hanging with each other at night. They're going for a drink. You know what I mean? They're talking mm-hmm. really tight knit. You felt safe. So I was always outside, just always had a knack for rhythm. Like I would always beatbox. I've always make a lot of noise when I was younger, <laughs> just like <laughs> just uh, random. Like I still do it to this day. There's random noises, like just, just using my voice as an instrument, hmm. like always done that all my life and i didn't necessarily have a tight circle in terms of like being able to freely express myself like i grew like when i moved from spryfield to north end halifax it was a complete shell shock like it was uh, it was very different because i just you know i didn't know anybody predominantly black neighborhood out spryfield it's like it's it's a bit of mixture you know what i mean so like it was my first time experiencing like a serious hood you feel what i'm saying yeah (laughs) and uh so it was it was really different. So I didn't I, I then I felt like I needed to kind of like try to be someone who I wasn't. So I ended up growing up in this like thing of not being able to be who I was and like, you know, be be noisy or like be I didn't have no things to go to to kind of be musical or like hmm. express that. So when I, I only I only then writ or sorry, I keep on saying writ. I don't know if that's a word or not, but I've always said writ, it. Writ, writ is a word, but it doesn't, I don't think it means. It doesn't mean what I'm trying to say. Exactly. I don't think so. Yeah. That's yeah, <laughs> fine. We'll resolve this by the end of this episode of the show. We'll, we'll figure I'm out. I'm making it up. I'm using writ. I'm using writ to <laughs> Just a, use to, writ. To it's fine. That's how you, that's how you talk. That's fine. No one's, I'm fine with it. I know what you mean. Straight up. As long as you understand. What I understand. So I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't have to be correct. I understand. Yeah. Yeah, so I wrote the first song under the name Lex. Now, Lex comes from just me because, like, between the ages of 15, 19, like, I was fully entrenched in, like, street politics. So, like, I, was, I wasn't I was going to school. 
I didn't really give a damn what was happening in the real world. I wasn't like, you know, I wasn't out there trying to go to school, get my education. Hmm. I wasn't trying to like hang out with, you know, different circles and friends and trying to get to know people. I was fully involved in the politics that was in my neighborhood at the time. A lot of drug selling happening. Hmm. I was fully entrenched in it. Hmm. Um, my that nickname Lex came from just, you know, OGs and gangsters giving me this nickname. So I kind of took that nickname, basically had that nickname all all the way up until I basically decided to change my ways. And uh, the Lex stuff, any any old Lex stuff that you hear, it's real gritty hip hop, real gangster street music. And I was like, man, this ain't me. What am I doing? You know what I mean? Like this. Right. I don't know what I'm doing. So it was it started off with a lot of rap. The Lex was a lot of rap. Just trying to dibble and dabble with the pen game. Like I grew up listening to a lot around that time. I was listening to a lot of like New York rap, hmm. D block. And like, I don't, I, I don't know if Gangstar is from New York, but Gangstar is like from Gangst- New York. Yep. Okay. Yep. Perfect. Yep. Gangstar, Big L. I was listening to a lot of Common back then too. Common was actually, um, I know Common's from Chicago, but like, they, or, is he? I don't know. He Com- is. Yeah, he is from Chicago. Yeah. Chi Town. Yep. Chi Town. Yep. Um, it was actually when I started listening to like the commons and like the roots, like Black Thought, and mm-hmm. started dibbling and dabbling, listening to like you know the neo soul movement when it came out, like the Erica Badu, D'Angelo. Mm-hmm. When I really started to change what I thought music was, because I was I, I always thought it was like you know D Block, Ransom, Hitchcock. I thought it was like always. I thought it was just straight rugged hip-hop you had to be that and i was kind of trying to emulate what they were talking about in those rap in those rap songs yeah but once i found my way into listening to older country or like this neo soul movement i started really just changing my views and changing my outlook on how i intake music so it was pretty cool when I, once I found that. Well, it seems um, it seems to me that some of the people you cited, some of the musical forms you've cited just now, certainly inform the album Legacy, which came out last year. Just in yes. terms of bouncing around styles. At one point, I was listening to you, to this record in the kitchen, and my wife was kind of wandering in and out of the kitchen. And when she came back in, at one point, she said, "Are you listening to a play?" Which I thought was beautiful. Wow! And I was like, "Oh no, I'm not." I I, the song escapes me the name of it. It might be I. It's probably questionable intentions. It's either that or I doubt it. There's a song. What's the song where you're singing about receiving the phone call in the morning? It was morning. Open your eyes. As I'm trying to fix my coffee. Yeah, that's open your eyes. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. So she heard that and it's like, is this a, that's what, she, again, I'm glad you're taking this as a compliment because I was worried about uh, explaining this to you. But yes, she's like, is this a, <laughs> is this a theatrical, what are you listening to? Like, it was just like, I'm like, no, it's the same aquaculture record. Because earlier we were listening to uh, Wife Tonight, which we yeah. all, we love that song and. We love all the songs like it just but it's totally yes soulful funky kind of more on a stevie wonder tip or something you know and then you get to oh for sure like when you hit that clav is i'm pretty sure it's the same clav that stevie wonder used to use i don't know which one exactly but like when we found that clav at national music center and the guy told us that this is stevie wonders nick was like yeah we're (laughs) using it and it's like it's almost like it's almost like a superstition kind of like yes Yes, yes, but you've you've made it your own, and it's such an impassioned vocal performance. Uh, 
And and so you've got your you've got your you you're, you're an excellent rapper. You clearly are a, a beautiful singer. Thank as, you as well. Yeah, no, I'm. I, you're very dynamic. And then this the album as I can as far as I can tell leads off with a vocal from Jeremy, right? Legacy is like I thought. Legacy is the first one. The last one. Yeah. Okay. So did you say it leads with the vocal from Jeremy? Is that right? Is that Jeremy singing the lead on Legacy? No, Jeremy's still in the background on that one. Oh, he's still in the background. Okay, but he does sing. Yeah. So you've got. Oh mul- my gosh! Yes, he sings. he's. Wow. Have he's, you listened to Special Costello? Before? I've seen Special Costello a couple of times. I've listened to Special Costello a couple of times. Uh, incredible vocalist. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. My favorite song of Special Costellos is "In Your Car." Ah, OMG, oh. <laughs> OMG! Like I, I, I tell Jeremy this every time I see them. I'm like, "Cause." In your car, I have a, I have a I have like a, a serious reason why I really appreciate that song. But we can get into that down the road. No, we can get get into it now. Like so, Jeremy is uh, this wondrous singer, and I, I every time I've seen him play, and forgive me for mistaking, I just I I'm it's this record legacy is it's a yes. You really have to kind of sit down and listen to it uh, and attune to it or something because. It feels very song to song, track to track. Like my wife said, it's like a play, uh, almost. It has like a, a almost like a dramatic trajectory or something. Uh, theatrical. Is that does, does that resonate with you? Is it purposely ter- theatrical, or is is that just the way you guys are, all of you? That's just the way we are. Like when we like when you like you've seen us perform. Yeah, like we're up there. Like we're just like a bunch of kids up there, just representing. Like we're just like friends, like talking up there. Like you feel what I'm saying? Like we're yeah. really just involved in the moment like we're not really too worried about like how we sound at all we're just like we're feeling this shit you know what i mean and i really appreciate like that a sense of safeness within the band because like i think everybody needs that to kind of like to let their creative juices flow you know what i mean like if you got everybody's weird it's gonna be some weird good shit you know what i mean (laughs) yeah and and Um, it seems to me like also following Nick Dorado's work uh, in the various bands he's played in, and he's been a guest on this show uh, before as well. And just like there's a lot of open-minded musical output and input. Like people, they clearly, you guys all listen to a lot of different stuff and play yep. with lots of different kinds of people. And then when you come together, I feel like all of those experiences inform what you do as aquaculture, which makes it this very eclectic it's like a surprising musical expression that's where i'm kind of coming from like when my wife walked in god that is a great quote can i like (laughs) have that for like anybody asking me what aquaculture is yes i I, you can totally use it say that to me one more time all right yeah let me just see if i can remember what i said all i was saying is aquaculture is a surprising expression no that doesn't is that right no that's we're, no, we're close though. We're, we're close. close. I said it better the first time, but I don't remember what I said. But there is this aquaculture is a surprising musical expression. That's right. That's what I said. Assigned Vish Kana. Holy yeah. Aquaculture is. <laughs> I'm writing this down as we speak right now. Well, it's on the record here. You can you can transcribe it later if you want to. But <laughs> that's right. That's should right. make the, the the blurb on your album cover an audio track somehow. <laughs> you know. I'm I'm sampling you say this and putting it on <laughs> no, every single single I ever put out. I think it is. Like that's a really big aspect of it. Like every time you push play on an aquaculture release, like you're like, I don't know what this is gonna be. That's that that is hard to 
brand on some level because you're just constantly evolving, you know, not to get marketing crass on you. But I assume it's very exhilarating when you guys walk into a room uh, as, a, as a group and you don't really, does that feeling kind of happen when you get into like practices or rehearsals? Like, okay, we got to work on stuff. I don't know what's going to uh, happen today. You know, do you have that? So like, uh, there's only been, I mean, like, mind you, we've only kind of been like a group group since 2018, mm. 2017, because we played, I can't remember what Sappy Fest was, or the first Sappy Fest we played. It might have been 2017. Okay. We played late 2017. Yeah. Sappy Fest happens in August, right? Yeah. Usually the first, yeah, that's right. Just the civic holiday weekend. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. So the first time, because uh, Steven hit up Nick. And was like, because I don't know what to do this year. Like, what can we do? And Nick was like, well, you let me, you let me handle that. But you got to give us the, uh, you got to give us like the the greatest slot. Like, you know what I mean? Like 11, like the late night one. Like, no problem. So now Nick has been kind of like when I, I first came out, I first came in and started doing music in Halifax. Like I was really scared, scared to death because I've never performed in front of anybody. And I just switched. I just started doing aquaculture stuff, like more like expressive stuff. Yeah, you know, what I mean, like not lo- not no hip hop rap. Like I'm, I'm, like I told everybody I was changing my name from Lex to Aquaculture. They looked at me and laughed. I was like, well, you know what? F you, because you're not really you're not really seeing where I'm going with this, and I feel like you don't really understand what's happening. But just wait until you until you see it. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So boom, I started doing my first project that I put out as Aquaculture. It's called Water Temple. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. I don't know if I know. I, I'm not not off the top of my head. No. I mean, I do want to oh. get into the whole water thing with Aqua culture why the water water is important i get it but i i don't know that release to answer your specific question i apologize it's so it's okay vish water temple <laughs> is it on water uh temp. is it on your band camp or something yeah uh it's on band camp it's a big you can find it anywhere okay um anywhere that you listen i guess because i got well, they digitally to, to be honest distribute anywhere to be honest maybe i have heard it then because i did i do try to i once i started to dig in i I pro- I just don't know it as well as maybe uh, the the latest record uh, or you did another record in 2020, right? A collaboration, uh, a collaborative sort yes. of more hip hop oriented thing. Yes. What's that called? Yeah, that that's called Bleeding Gums Murphy. Yeah, that's great, fantastic as well. Shout out to uh, Uncle Fester on that one, DJ Uncle Fester. Basically, yeah. uh, DJ Uncle Fester's brain. I was like, I was just kind of like, you know, I was a piece of it that helped put it together. I'm really happy that I, that we collaborate. I mean, we're in the same crew too, so dropping signs for anybody who doesn't know. Hmm. And Sipset, sorry. And uh, <laughs> yeah, Sipset, no. I don't, I, I couldn't tell you how many people are in Sipset. I'm still learning. It's like a cap, like they, they, new people keep on coming up. It's like 13 of us. I have no idea, but Fester uh, really loves what I do as an artist, and I'm really happy that they hit me up and was like, "Man, let's do a record together." And we did that. Lean Gums Murphy came out of it. But uh, let's rewind a little bit. I'm Water sorry. Temple was yes. the first thing. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Water Temple was the first thing I put out as Aquaculture. And those songs on that was Overtown Love, Sure, Dream, I Got You, and Safe. Okay. Uh, sure is actually the song that won me search CBC Searchlight 2018. Sure was actually a song that I wrote while I was in prison. Um, I was lonely. They told me that I, that I can get a guitar. I started teaching myself how to play guitar in in lockdown and wrote my first song as aquaculture in there 
May I rewind for a moment? You've uh, you sure can. You've said something that makes me want to rewind. I didn't. Uh, I actually I did know this, and it slipped my mind as we were having a chats about Shania Twain and country music and all sorts of jam. other things. You, you. How long were you in prison? And if you don't mind saying, you know, what? Why were you in prison? When? When did this occur? So another uh, another thing that I like to do is I I love to tell people my prison experience because it makes me feel comfortable. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? Like I don't know. I, how- I walk into a room. I don't know anybody. I'm like, listen, I've been to jail. Uh, I feel com- now I'm comfortable. You feel what I'm saying? Do you feel comfortable around me? Is the question. I you okay. Know what I'm saying? Let me let me just say, if you don't want to talk about this with me and everyone listening, that's fine. But I and I appreciate where you're coming from with the sarcasm and the prison memory, and I appreciate that. But it's interesting on some level, and uh, hopefully, uh, uh, no, it's all good. Okay, so what? I'm you, so open with it; it's all great. Go ahead. I started, like my, the first bit I did, I was 15. I did some youth time, and that was like for anybody that does youth time, especially in Nova Scotia, it kind of sucks you into the system because our youth jail—it's called Waterville. It's in New Minus, Nova Scotia. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a, it's like a, a camp. Like you go up there, and you're having so much fun. And you feel like I can do this for the rest of my life. I don't care. It really kind of gives you that mentality like, you know, jail's nothing. So like you you kind of continue the cycle and like you're like, OK, I get in trouble. I go there. I'm, I'm getting I'm gaining a bunch of weight and I'm eating as much food as I want. Hmm. It's really it's it's a really weird kind of like it, it kind of it, it, it messes you up. Think in, in the way of how it, it doesn't it doesn't help you at all. Like it kind of keeps you in the cycle. So anyways, boom, fast forward. I'm 19 still kind of heavily involved in the in the streets and i was running around actually i i I attempted to do a good deed as as weird as this might sound my day-to-day routine when i was out there i'd wake up i'd go and get my chocolate milk and my twinkie because that's what i used to eat on a day-to-day basis and then i go right to where my my station was i'd sit there wait for the sales quote unquote and Mm. someone came up to me and tried to give me a cell phone rule number one don't ever take any electronics from odd people someone tried to give you a cell phone someone tried to give me a cell phone my phone like mind you i'm smoking a lot of weed Hmm. i was smoking probably about an ounce a day i was really not i was gone like i wasn't myself you feel what i'm saying i do feel what you're saying is that primarily what you were selling as well no i was uh i was like anything really okay i get my hand i was trying to sell okay so this person comes up to me they're like i got the cell phone i'm like well mine's broken yours is nice i might take it Boom, we trade. I turn the phone on and uh, find your phone app comes on. So, boom, I'm, I'm targeted. <laughs> you know oh. what I mean? Like, I got this GPS and I, I, I look on the phone and I and I notice that, like, whoever's phone this is, they're trying to get it back. So, I called them. I'm like, listen, I know you're looking for your phone. I can see that you are. Uh, I didn't take it, but I'm willing to come and give you your phone back. So, we set up this little thing set up this air uh, set up a, a drop spot or whatever that i yeah. can go and meet them to give them their phone back yep the area that i was stepping into um it was a lot of neighborhood tension between my neighborhood and someone else the area i was stepping into was kind of dangerous so i obviously had my protection on me mm. and when i i waited i think it was like an hour or so for that person to come to get their phone but the whole time I'm talking to this person, whoever it is, it's actually the police. So I feel like it was kind of like a setup. You feel oh, what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's just like when I internalize it, I feel like it was a setup and they kind of like got me that way. You didn't know that you ever, didn't, you never, were you, were you completely unfamiliar with the person who gave you the phone? 
No, I knew who it was. Oh. <clears throat> so like it, it felt comfortable. You know what I mean? Like I was mm. like, oh, hey, how you doing? But right. uh, that right. person now I know is known to work with the authorities. That so is, it kind yeah. of felt like now that I internalized it and had a lot of time to think about it, I feel like I got set up, which is fine because everything happens for a reason. And sure. I learned a lot from that situation. And I grew a lot from that situation. And I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for what happened that day. But you so, did you did time as an adult as a result yes. of that? Okay. Yes. Uh, they, they end up, I, I got charged with uh, unlawful uh, possession of a firearm. And I had some I had some drugs on me. So they gave me three years for the firearm. They gave me two years for the drugs. I got a five-year sentence in total. Hmm. I did 19 months out of that because once I get in, once I got in there, it was a lot of time to reflect because I'm out, I'm not in the provincial system no more. The provincial system here is really, it sucks. Like you go there and you just feel like you're in a box. You're in a square. Hmm. You're living with 24 other men and you just feel like nothing's going to change. But once you get out of that and you go to the federal institution, which is Spring Hill, Nova Scotia, like it just gave me more time to kind of like just walk more freely and and how it, just give me an idea of how I want to do my time. Like I wasn't doing anybody else's time. Like I, I was, it gave me a better chance to just think I was outside of the box. Now just kind of took a lot of time to think, cause you got to do 90 days in like this isolation uh, unit. It's called, uh, what do they call it? It's uh, not like reception. Salt. Oh, okay. Okay. They call it receptions. They got to do 90 days there. And then they kind of, they take that 90 days to like, just kind of assess where you're at. Like, are you a minimum? Are you a medium or a maximum? Right. So that 90 days basically determines where the hell you're going to go. And you were, you were a minimum. I was a minimum. I was a medium at that time because they looked at my record throat. You know, the last, the past stuff that the past like time, time Mm. that I spent in jail, looked at my record. It was crazy. Like Mm. I was wilding like (laughs) for, for lack of a better words, I was wilding. Yeah, how much? You're you're speaking about it frankly. You're speaking about it as something that ultimately proved to be positive. But how frightening or anxiety-inducing was it, as a child or as an adult, to be in that position? I'm just curious. Uh, some of us can't quite relate to. Some of us complain. Not complain. That's the wrong word. Some of us endure anxiety every yeah. day and we're free people who you know abide by laws things like that maybe no reason to be worried that we might have something taken away from us like our freedom or anything else uh and for some of us our freedom might have more to do with how much disposable income we have you know really luxurious things yeah. like oh i can't afford to yeah. buy this thing and now i feel oppressed <laughs> or something but for for someone who goes through what you've gone through and do you have a sense memory of those experiences was it constant anxiety and fear or was it like well i did what i did and here i am like was it just like a resignation to your situation how would you c- characterize that I remember those years being like my stomach not really feeling great. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a constant ha- having a constant gut feeling like 24 seven, especially even on the outside as well as the inside. Like I just between 15 and 19, like it was just always this weird gut feeling like just in the back of my head and not, and not really respecting that feeling that I have either. Like I'm not like, it's just like, oh, I'm getting this feeling. Oh, whatever. It's nothing. I'm just going to continue to do what I'm doing. But like you always you, you got to listen to your gut yeah. at, 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 at the bare minimum. Listen to your gut. And my gut was telling me since day one, man, what the frick are you doing? Yeah, you know what I mean, but I wasn't listening to it. Hmm. 
I always felt like I needed to be the protector of my friends or like I needed to be there for them or like I didn't have the guts or the courage to kind of put my foot down and put the best foot forward. But it was it was anxiety like crazy, man. There was there was a lot of times. It was a lot of dark, depressing times. Where okay. I was just like, yeah. It's hard. I, I mean, it's maybe it was a dumb question, but I I just I wondered about your mindset. And also when you develop a kind of weird like a rap sheet or like you you start to develop the experience of being incarcerated. Uh, That's right. I wonder I imagine the first time it's a shock and then the more you're brought in, I guess I'm just wondering from your perspective if you're like, yeah, that makes sense. I fucked up. So I Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like yeah. uh my uncle I got an older uncle uh shout out to Uncle D who kind of breaks like I I actually did time with my uncle too. He's like he's like he breaks down. He's like, "Man, if I didn't do what I was doing, I wouldn't be here." So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I always kept that attitude like I knew like you know what I mean? Like it is what it is. You got to do your time, right? Well, so like So Nova Scotia has a interesting reputation, I think, uh beyond its, beyond its borders, like people uh, think of crazy it, history too. It has a crazy history for Black Canadians as well. Uh, yeah, I, I guess that's kind of where I'm going. Uh, there's a couple of things I wondered about because in the last few months there was a New York Times article about Nova Scotia as being like uh-huh. one of the safest havens uh, from the COVID nineteen from the pandemic. Like people were moved. Yeah. My, in fact, and I'm not whatever. My sister and her partner are from her. Her partner is from Nova Scotia. And yep. they actually moved there because they have a child and they were living in Ontario and they had kept their child home from school, small child. And they thought... Like toddler? Oh, no, no, no. Like kindergarten, uh, you know. Okay. And so they figured they were having trouble balancing. Both of them were working from home and the, the child was home. And they also, you know, and, and her partner's parents are from sort of rural Nova Scotia, I guess. Uh, and so they decided they found a cheap house. Uh, and they moved, they bought it. And so they've, they've been living there so that they can be closer to her partner's parents and also so that the child can go to school. And then there was this New York Times article that said that, you know, basically everyone should move to Nova Scotia. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, everyone <laughs> to avoid- moved to Nova Scotia and everybody's houses went up by 30000 Exactly. So the pricing went up and everything. It's just what goes on in Ontario started to happen there. But then, yeah, so that came up, and I'm curious to hear your perspective on that if you have one. And then, yeah, the other side, the other place I was going is, you know, to be a black person in Nova Scotia with its history of racism, but also its history of people. I mean, the perception is that people tend to be nice and tend to get along, but there is this pretty, pretty intense history of racial division in Nova Scotia, yes? Oh, for show. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. I mean, like, it's it's just kind of like, it's just racism feels like it's a bit more secret here. Like, Odin, right. in America, it's right in your face. But, like, it's nice racism. It's, it's polite it's, racism. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's polite racism, which is actually more psychotic than I think. Yes. Because it, it can be really passive and, like, people tend to joke about it a lot. Like, but I don't. <laughs> you know what i mean and, and it's it's very present here like we just recently i think it was maybe like last week they had out in bedford they had they defaced the whole blm uh like at this church they defaced like their little monument that they had outside of the church hmm. that's in bedford that's like an hour away from me yeah you're right right so it's very present and actually not even an hour it's like 20 minutes away 
and uh it's 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 here like it's still very very well here like i'm in trades i work in trades i'm a plumber i'm a union plumber yeah and it's really bad there it's i mean like people just but it's another thing too it's like a lot of the folks that are ignorant they're all race they are racist they've never actually had someone call them out on it you right. know what i mean like they've never had people make them accountable for their actions so they just feel like, you know, they can and they feel safe. They're like, you know, this is still something that happens. It's it's still the 80s. But like yeah. me being who I am, like I like to I don't like to get offended. I like to educate people more and kind of get them out of that ignorance thinking and, um, you know, let them know, like, you're kind of being crazy, friend. Like, <laughs> did you ever think about that? you know the the things that you're saying is really hurtful to others mm. like you know i just kind of break it down like that like it's just like when it's addressed to you obviously call it out but like educate and don't let your emotions fuel the argument because like you're not going to get anywhere like like i said they like they're not used to having people call them out on stuff they've never had it so you just got to kind of ease into it you know what i mean i don't feel like a lot of people are on that wave of just like you know how can we make this situation better? And there's, yeah. it's more like just rah, rah, like fight, fight. Oh, you're being racist. Fuck you. I'm going to call you out on the internet. I'm all about community. You feel what I'm saying? So if I see yeah. someone acting a certain way, then I'm going to, I'm going to call them out. Like I'm going to let them express themselves, but I'm going to also educate them on what it is that they might be doing. That's wrong. You feel what I'm saying? I do. And it sounds like something you deal with a little bit every day. I mean, if you're a union plumber, I assume you're dealing with, strangers every day are you dealing with customers that might be like oh a black person is working on my stuff or something like have you have you experienced that i've never experienced because i'm not a service plumber right you're not a service plumber right okay right yes service plumbers they go door to door and they're you know right thanks they're fixing your shower up and bathtubs and all that stuff i do a lot of new construction i see like got it right industrial stuff but, I'm actually working in a hospital right now, and they're doing a huge expansion, so a lot of newer plumbing goes in. So okay. you're kind of working with the same guys. You might get an extra f- face like every so often, like a new hire or something, but I'm working with the same people. So that gives me a chance to get to know them right. and educate them a bit better. You feel so the saying? issues you're having are with some of those people, or they, they can be with some of those people. Like your crew is where you're sensing problematic uh, behavior. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, yeah. but but they, like I said, they'd never had black people on their crew before. So when they, when they're uh, not all the time, but there's only a few. There's only a few black plumbers in the union. Like, there's only a few. Like, we got there's like I don't know nine, if that. And I like yeah. I'm working with one another one. Like it's just me and this other dude, and like there's not too many of us. So like there's not a lot of diverse crews out there. So mm. when it when it happens, like I'm I feel like I have a duty to kind of step up and talk you know what i mean like i can't just let it fester or like let it slide because that's not forward thinking at all you know what i mean i'm just gonna let it happen and like no i care about my community and i care about the future too much for me not to speak up and talk about it so you but I, like you, i said yeah you just okay. gotta educate yeah so you've experienced racism let's say in the carceral system i mean there's no I, there's no doubt I, unless do you feel differently like or like i, I know we've sort of landed on you did stuff that was wrong, uh, but there. Do you feel like that? Oh yeah, the there's way racist, you were set there's, up. There's, yeah, yeah. There's definitely ignorant as racist guards that are you know, and cops. Like, like you feel like you were. Cops. You feel like you were set up. Do you feel like that was simply because of what you were doing, or because of who you were, what you look like? Was was well, that the community? The community I grew up in is heavily targeted. Like oh, I, right. I feel like we have no. 
like we we I grew up in a neighborhood that's probably like it, it's not huge. It's called it's Uniac Square. It's like, but you can walk forty. You can walk like, let's say three hundred steps from like square to square. Like you feel I mean like one side. Yeah. You can go from one side to another. It's about three hundred steps. It is not big at all. And right. like they put a police station right in the middle, and cameras everywhere's. And you just you just feel like you're constantly being watched. You feel like you're in a box. Like you feel like you can't move. You you look up the street, this cops watching. You look down the street, this cops watching. You look over there, there's a camera. You look up there in the in the building, there's a camera looking at you. You just kind of feel like you you're stuck there. They're trying yeah. to keep you stuck there. Yeah. And growing up with that, like it just makes you not trust anything outside of that neighborhood. And like you, you go and it makes you angry. Yeah. And like like I've definitely experienced that through that. But like I I obviously know that if I wasn't doing what I was doing, I probably wouldn't be targeted like that. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. I do. So you've experienced, yeah, you've experienced that as a citizen. You've experienced racism. Uh, I think you're, you're describing experiencing racism uh, vocationally on some level and, and having to educate people about the things they're saying and doing. I am curious about being a hip hop artist in Nova Scotia. I think of Nova Scotia, you know, maybe I guess, I don't want to say unlike you, but I do tend to know a little bit more about music history. Like I've just, that's just something I'm interested in. And Nova Scotia, in my mind, has been a hotbed for hip hop since back in the day. Like CKDU is really well regarded for having really cool hip hop shows. Rich Ter Fry, yeah. Stinkin' Rich, Buck 65. That's all one person, by the way, for those who don't know. He was a real student of hip hop and spread the word about it there and I think influenced. That's my sense of things. I wasn't around, but my sense of things is that he was really a crate digger and and brought music to the airwaves in that area and other people too. So so to me, Nova Scotia, and like every time I've seen a hip hop show in Nova Scotia or in Halifax, the crowd is nuts. Like I'm like, this is way better than seeing this same group in Toronto. Like people seem enthused. And that has a lot to do with being remote and people not coming so often, I would think, you know. So you really yeah. appreciate it when, you know, Ghostface or Raekwon show up and play <laughs> and uh, or Danny Brown. I remember seeing and people were just losing their minds. So all this to say um, you saw Ghostface and Raekwon play here. Yeah. In Halifax. Yeah, I did. Yeah. So you would have witnessed that DJ Uncle Fester DJed for them. Yes, that's right. I did. That's absolutely Gangsta. correct. Yes. There you go. So, you were, were you at that show? I was way too young. I don't think oh, I was able okay. to be even be in clubs. Okay. Yeah, this is like 2014, 15 or something, I guess. I don't know what it was. But yeah, anyway, my point here is this. I think there's hip-hop activity going on in, in Halifax and in Nova Scotia. But I also know that certain genres of music, for some people, have an association with certain, uh, I don't know, groups of people. Uh, people associate yep. they kind of racialize musical forms oh soul r&b hip-hop so then you have this knot of a musical form being marginalized because of the people who tend to gravitate towards making it and appreciating it have you experienced that as a hip-hop artist as a soul artist in nova scotia uh there i mean there's this one instance where uh water temple was was listed at an awards, uh, I think it was, I think Music Nova Scotia might have award, like nominated it for a best hip hop album. <laughs> and I was like, Water Temple is not that. I had to email them or think, I had to email them and be like, because like you can give this ticket to somebody else because Water Temple is not hip hop. Like, right. like, listen to it. Right. Like, it's like, this is acoustic 
R&B. Like, I don't even know. What, I don't even know what the genre. It, I can't classify. It. There's a lot of mixes in there, but right, like, sure. it's not hip hop, right? <laughs> but which I mean, is, like, which is interesting because to me, everything like hip hop to me is a very. It doesn't just mean diverse. Yeah, like it never just means rapping or 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 beats necessarily. Like hip hop to me is among. It's like whatever punk means. You know, like almost anything to me could be hip hop or punk. But I see where you're coming from too. So Vish, you but you need to listen to Water Temple. When you when we get off this interview and you tell me if it's hip hop or not, please. No, okay, I will. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not second guessing what you're saying. I'm not second. I because we see this all the time. People think that jazz and blues are the same. People think right. hip hop and soul are the same. And mm-hmm. just because it's, I think it has a lot to do with the physicality of the people making it. Like the way you look might dictate what they think your music is. You know, I'm sure people thought D'Angelo was a rapper. Because of the oh, way sure. the, I, he was, though. He well, I know, was. I know, but I mean, when he first came out, and when he had a first, when he, the first big singles did not lean that way. Yes, he was, but you know what I mean. Like, there, yeah. uh, you would see that on like Rap City on much music, and I'm like, this is not. There's no rapping really on this song. You know what I mean? Like, so there's just like that's what I'm getting. I, I think I know where you're coming from, and you you've experienced that yourself, is what you're saying. Kind of, I mean, just that one instance, like, yeah. And I kind of felt I I felt cheesed about it because like I try to branch out of. Because like, I, I just didn't want to be classified as oh I can only rap, and then when I branched out to like doing like this more like creative stuff, it just instantly got put into the rap category. I was cheesed about it. I didn't have to be, yeah. you know. What I mean, I kind of I was way too dramatic over it, and I didn't have to be. But like, but you're in that. Just kinda, you might be in that vein of like CeeLo Green or or D'Angelo, like people who can do different things. So that confuses people. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's so confusing. You know what I mean? And that's that's why I kind of wanted to like. That's why I just was like, you know what? Aquaculture is like. It's whatever you want. It's whatever, right? And it's always going to be whatever. It's going to change. It's not going to be one thing. Like there's going to be a project where you know it's going to be hip hop, and then or like I'm rapping. Yeah. And then it's going to be another project. It's going to be fucking psychedelic funk. Like what? Uh, what am I listening to? This is really confusing, but it's meant to be. It's and a. It's, just, it's a. It I, what I've heard is that aquaculture is a surprising musical expression. That's what I heard. I heard that That's, somewhere. And that is correct. <laughs> <laughs> so you've mentioned a few places aquaculture could go. Uh, we have been enduring a pandemic. You released at least two albums last year. What is sort of next for you? Do you know? Like, is there... Again, also, your your uh, your COVID rates are... Is that true? Like, we we have heard they're lower... And we can see by the data they are lower. Does, does Do you feel, is Nova Scotia fairly normal? Like, do you feel like you're just doing what you normally do and the rest of the world is not? Like, how how is your day-to-day there? Can you get together and play music or what's going on? You definitely, like, you can you can definitely get together and play music. Just make sure you're six feet away. You know, Dr. Strang might try to charge you and put you in prison. Really? Okay. So, <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> so you, are you able to like get together with the other folks in aquaculture and work on stuff? Well, Jeremy's the only one that's in Halifax. Nick is in Calgary. Calgary? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, Nathan's in Toronto. So we're kind of all broken up right now. So I've been been basically using, like all the other folks that Nick, Nathan, or Jeremy kind of exposed me to coming up, especially in the Big Booty Band. When we did the big booty band Sappy Fest uh, mm-hmm. show back mm-hmm. in 2017, mm-hmm. the first time I played with a band, 
I just been kind of like rocking with those cats and just getting aquaculture together to practice tunes every now and then doing like online live streams for like festivals and stuff. Okay. But like it's, uh, we're, we're, we're taught, we're in the talks of maybe like, uh, maybe this year, if it's all good, you know, everybody fly down to Halifax and we work on something else, you know what I mean? But like, we're not really like trying to push that. We're just making, we're just, just let it happen organically. You know what I mean? Like everybody's, in their own spot and they're doing their own thing jeremy and i are still working kind of exclusively because we got this we got this show that we're working on in partnership with mayworks festival in halifax and they want to kind of present bleeding gums murphy live version oh cool so that's gonna be that's one of the bigger things that we're kind of working on and they're basically letting us do whatever the frick we want and they're gonna record it for us like we're gonna audio record it we're gonna videotape it we're gonna like have a bunch of media for it like it's it's gonna be like another big. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a live album. I think it might be our first that we put out. I, we got two live albums that are actually in the works right now. We did this show with Mayworks last year. Hmm. We just did like six. We got like ten musicians together. Did like six uh, live versions of older tracks because I don't like to necessarily play any of the legacy tracks with Oat, Nick, Nathan, or Jeremy. Yeah, I don't yeah. feel like it's not anybody else's place to try to try to do what we done on that album yeah you know what I'm yeah, saying? yeah 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 emulated or whatever like yeah like oh. i'll have a back like if i was by myself like i'd have a back and track of it but like i can't i can't give i can't give that job to anybody else but them guys because it's it's theirs you know what i mean and that's their expression that's their language on there like it's mm-hmm. all of, it's a it's a nucleus of feeling and emotion and you can't emulate that without us. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. So, well, it's cool that you've got live albums maybe in the works. Uh, and uh, got another album I'm working on too. That's oh. like, I don't know if it's going to come out this year. I want it to, but like, I'm just kind of, I'm taking my time with it. It's something that I started back when we first got locked down. Everyone was like, in that, in the three weeks, like back in May, I think it was mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. they, or March, January, March, where they first was like, yeah, you guys got to stay home for three weeks and don't leave. Yeah. Uh, I just started doing this uh, little project that I want to kind of make it really collaborative and like work with folks that I've always wanted to work with because I felt like Legacy was lacking that. Like there wasn't really like a lot of other collaboration besides us. Yeah. And and it happened that way because we we only had fucking four and a half days to record it at NMC, and we just had deadlines that we were trying to do. We kind of rushed it. I feel like if we had it, took more time. Really, it's a beautiful album. Recording. Really? Huh. Oh, no, no question about it, Vish. I'm just saying that, like, I, I just wish there was more, like, artist collaboration involved in it. Oh, you know I, what see. I mean, like, yeah. Like, get someone else to do a hook or, like, you know, get some background vocals from another, like, I mean, artist, clearly, you know I, I, mean? I try to listen very closely to things, and clearly I was confused because I thought Jeremy sang a song that he doesn't. And I know Jeremy's voice, too. Like, you guys have an intertwining... It's hard. Like my wife said, like, it, every, like I said... I feel like every song is a surprise and you have different voices, I think, clearly, that you can employ when you're, even when you're, if you're singing and rapping, like you have a way of changing your voice up. And so it creates... Characters. Yeah, I, I keep, I keep that's the right. characters. Yeah. It creates, it gives the, the album character and yeah, it feels like different voices of that. So yes, I hear what you're saying about maybe having more collaborators and there are more collaborators on your Bleeding Gums Murphy uh, release, I believe. Like it's, yeah. yeah. Yep. So I understand that you're trying to foster and maintain community ties. That's cool. And yeah. And it speaks to your character, if I might say, I mean, clearly you, I, my sense of you from all of the encounters and, and this conversation is that you do have a generosity of spirit 
and and that comes across in your music. Thank you so much. That really means it means a lot because I feel like I I don't really like to you know I don't give myself any credit at all. So I like to hear it from other folks, and I really. <laughs> I only get to hear it from other folks, and when I do hear it from other folks, it's it's really humbling hmm. uh, because you can ask my partner Julia. Like I will never ever give myself a compliment ever. <laughs> like oh my god, this is so, like I would, I'd never do that. Like I would just be like, yeah, thank, yeah, it is good. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, you know. <laughs> well, that's that's again. That's I think maybe speaks to you, your humility as well. But I do. I have a nice feeling from you. Uh, as a person and in your work, so I'm I'm happy you're on a, in a good place. And it's also I will say on behalf of the rest of the world, just hearing you say that things are relatively normal, as I guess that New York Times article was also trying to argue, uh, and to the detriment of your city and property taxes and property, you know, <laughs> like it kind of yeah. sucks that they did that. But that so you have no idea what we're all kind of going through on some level. Like that's fascinating to me that the rest of the world is, I mean, except for the places that really figured it out, uh, you know, New Zealand, Australia, wherever it is, uh, you, you're, what are you thinking when you see all the news? Do you even pay attention to all these, all the news about what's going on and how we're all locked down and can't do anything? Well, I like to, I mean, through, through, um, the aquaculture kind of like journey, I've gotten to meet, or gotten to like build relationships with a lot of folks like just from outside of the country. Like I, I got a lot of friends. I shouldn't say a lot, but a lot of collaborators, uh, a few collaborators that I work with from like South Africa. Oh, a few collaborators that I work with in Australia, Toronto. Like Nathan always gives me the deets as to what's happening out there. I mean, it's it's within Canada, but like yeah, they kind of like anywhere that's outside. Like a, a few folks in America, I'm always like kind of like just reaching out to them be like how are you like what's what's happening out there you know what i mean so like i kind of get informed that way i don't yeah. like to spend a lot of time on my phone because and like looking up a lot of news because well if you I don't got a daughter that needs yeah, my attention right right also if you don't have to i mean i don't look at you it don't as have much. To, right? well i mean some of us kind of want to stay informed about what's going on and what our governments are doing you know our provincial governments are doing about the, pandemic, the radio helps. Pandemic, the radio, like, yeah, I, like yeah. when I go to work, I go to work. I got the radio on, right? Oh, okay. And so you st- you, my mother-in-law, yeah. my mother-in-law, like religiously listens to the radio. So very infor- like has receives a lot of information in and gives it. And okay, I, I love that because that's my you know that's my bridge to what's happening because I can't just spend a lot of time trying to figure out what the hell's happening on the world. No, the I, world. Like, it's I just, fair I just enough. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. Like we got. We got so much responsibilities that we got to do. Like we can't just be on looking for news every single day. So when it comes to me, I, I listen, I shut up, and I take it in. Yeah. And I internalize it that way. And when I get the time to, when I'm going to work or coming back, I listen to the radio. Get the, the get that ten fifteen minutes of what's <laughs> happening. So, and you know, like from the folks that aren't here, like they just keep me informed. Like so, I'm really fortunate to, uh, especially last year, like through this new album that I'm working on. It's called Closure, by the way. Oh, great. Um, this new album I'm working on, it's I've been really fortunate enough to be able to like make work for a lot of folks throughout the pandemic, like especially artists and like mm-hmm. my collab or like the features and the collaborations that I've had. Like I've been I've been basically just trying to dish out money to people so they can so they can eat. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. No, that's again, I, I, not to give you another pat on the back, but I, I do think that's 
it's wonderful that you think of others as much as you do with your music and your work. So, uh, and it seems to be purposeful. It's not just uh, a matter of, you know, playing with people. Like you, you recognize that their material conditions could be positively impacted by what you do. So it's all good. Closure. So we, how far along is closure at this point? When, when would we possibly get to hear it? Uh, so let me, let me kind of like go into my Dropbox right quick <laughs> and I can tell you, I mean, you know what, Vish, I'm going to send you what I got. I'm going to give you, really. I'm just going to give you, yeah, I'm going to give you a link. I'm just going to let you listen to it. Who cares? You know what I mean? That's very kind of you. I was actually going to, you know, I always wrap these things up with a couple of things. One is I'd like you to tell us where we can learn more about you. If people want to keep tabs on you and your work. And also I was going to ask you to let us play a song. Uh, I was thinking from one of your more recent releases, I, I like to do that at the end if with your permission. Nice. So so th- why don't we do that? Those two things. First of all, if people want to learn more about aquaculture, where would you like to send them? And then let's start with that. Where would you like to send them? Uh, if you want to learn about aquaculture, I mean, I don't really post a lot on Instagram, but you could definitely follow me on Instagram. I post a lot of food because I'm starving. <laughs> um, so, I mean... You can definitely follow me on there if you like. Okay. You don't need to. Um, of course, this is all optional. Just so people listening understand. This is all optional. You don't have yeah, to do any optional. of the th- You don't have to go to any websites. You don't have to do anything. It's just for your information. FYI, if you FYI. want to learn more. Yeah. I'm actually, you know, I'm not, I'm trying to up my Twitter following. So, like, you can follow me on Twitter okay. <laughs> at Aquaculture. Okay. Uh, if uh, I can never find size 42 jeans that hit, if you're kind of wondering <laughs> what that means, it means that I can never find size 42 jeans that actually look good on me. Yeah. I, so, I had that experience for many years cause I'm tall. Uh, and, yeah. but I figured out the right Levi's models and some other Ooh. models and I've got it. I think I've got it figured out now. Fam. I got six pairs of Levi jeans that are size 38 that I bought and I'm like, I'm going to get down to that weight. I'm going to get there. I'm trying to. I'm a, I've been working out pretty I'm steadily a, since I was. I'm a 36, and I'm relatively oh, thin. I got yeah. I'm, I might have to send you these jeans. <laughs> that sounds no. That's too big. It's too. It's. I'm also <laughs> trying to slim down here as well. I'm. I'm working out and trying to. You know, just for my own anxiety and stress, I'm doing yeah, stuff. For sure. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. But so no, yeah, I appreciate. At, I appreciate that. First of all, thank you for offering to send me your oversized jeans. Or for me, no, they would no be problem. oversized. Yeah, that's very. And also, giving yourself a goal. Maybe you you should. You can get down there. I'm Why trying. Not? Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying. I've been working out pretty steadily for the last seven or eight months. Good like for taking you. my health serious. Not a lot of people know this about me, but I got ten percent cerebral palsy and it affects my left side of my body. So my left leg is extremely weaker and a lot smaller than my right. So I've been taking the time day to day to stretch that out and okay. do a lot of exercises to kind of get that back. Okay. I've been neglecting it a lot. Like I only found out that I had it like when I was 13, I got my surgery. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, and, okay. uh, yeah. No one does. Like, honestly, like I don't tell anybody. And oh, if you don't, if you don't see my, if that I have shorts on and you don't see it, I'll probably never tell you. Well, I mean, you just told people, so I, I guess I did. I, I want I want I just wanted to let people know that if you got a goal, just keep fighting. Yeah. Just keep getting there. I was thinking um, that on the Bleeding Gums Murphy record, there seemed to be many references to diabetes. And I wasn't sure if that was, I, I, I have the record on sometimes when I'm in the kitchen cooking or doing dishes. And I, I you got the vinyl. No, I don't actually have the vinyl. I just have been playing it on the, on the Bluetooth actually, but I should, I should grab, is there still vinyl available? No, unfortunately, oh, I got yeah. sold out pretty quick. You know what? I might have noticed that on the Bandcamp because I, 
do order things I like uh, after I check them out always. and uh, Or sometimes I pre-order things because I know I'm going to like them. I feel like I'm going to like them, and I missed out on that. I'm sorry. But, uh, yeah, anyway, I noticed that. There seemed to be a couple of references to diabetes, and I wasn't sure if that, that was you or not. Uh, yeah, I don't personally have diabetes now, but I know that if I continue to keep on eating the way I do, mm-hmm. especially with sweets, that it it's I might get it because it runs in my family. Yeah, and my grandmother always looks at me, <laughs> and she's like, mm, mm, mm. "I'm and the she, same." Anytime I'm the absolute anytime same. she says that, yeah. anytime she does that, mm, 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 I know she's looking at me and be like, "Cause you better lose some fucking weight." Well, I'm I got a sweet tooth, and it's a problem because my grandmother on my dad's side, and recently my dad. Uh, or my grandmother had diabetes, I guess, full on. I don't want to pretend I know what the numbers mean. Uh, the yeah. type one, type two, I don't remember which one she had. But And when my mom was ill with cancer, my dad got so stressed out that they diagnosed him with uh, diabetes. Uh, oh, my God. Well, he was stressed out. And he, they're, all, they're both okay now. Uh, he has the... Which one is it? Anyway, I don't want to get into this, but he has the one where you have to, I think, take medication, not... Uh, you know, insulin. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, I'm mindful of that stuff too. And I didn't want to end this way. I wanted to end on a bright note, but we are. We are trying to inspire people with hope and to think about their bodies and the things they put in our, you know, the things we put in our bodies. Yeah. I think this is a good way yeah. to go. So this is a very good way to go. So Instagram, Twitter, it, and Instagram you, at Aquaculture. You yeah. can, if you, if you really feel so inclined, www.aquaculture. Yep. dot info and you can go on facebook and look up aquaculture music i'm on there but i never ever respond so don't even care about that just go on twitter and instagram add me up i'm trying to up my twitter game follow <laughs> okay. me please I will, I will do this right funding. after we're done here yeah i will get you some i'll give you as much twitter love as i can with the various That's accounts under my about. under my control i'll take care of that right now the other thing i will say is uh Bandcamp, of course uh we were talking about that earlier people should check out your Bandcamp. i assume Oh yes, you should definitely check out my Bandcamp. Recently, I re- uh, released or a friend of mine, a longtime collaborator, Chudy Harris, just released a track. It's called "Summer Night Songs." If you're on Spotify, go on there. It's a, a title track for this documentary that just came out. It's called uh, "North Star: Finding Canada's Black Mecca." I think. Yeah, yeah, I think that sounds. Fun. Yeah, I think that's right. That rings a bell. I, I think I saw you. Do you did you socially mediate that at some point? Or maybe that was no. just on your band camp? I saw it somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, a friend of ours, uh, Angel Penang, he started this, he basically directed this film, The North Star Finding Black Mecca. It's about Chad, Chatham Kent. Hmm. Uh, long history of, or it's, it has a long history of black settlement, and they hit us up, or hit Chudy up, and said, can you can you write some music for it? Can you score it? And Summer Night Song just recently got released with this uh, documentary. It's out now. If I don't, I don't know where the uh, the link is, but okay. If you go on Spotify and you look up Chudy Harris, this song is out. Please put it on all your playlists. Please <laughs> share it um, because I'm trying to get I'm trying to get my 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 homie Chudy the love he deserves. He's been out here working hard for a long time without a lot of recognition, and he's finally getting that recognition. And I'm really happy to see that. So shout out to Chudy Harris too. Very nice, very nice. All right, well, uh, Lance, if we can go out on a song, maybe by Aquaculture, uh, from yeah. wherever you want. Uh, you mentioned some new stuff, uh, but you mentioned uh, we've been talking a lot about some stuff that just came out. What would you like to go out on if you could pick one song? 
Well, I just shared the Dropbox link with you, and if you wanted to, you can actually play one of those songs. Really? If you wanted to. Come it's on, up to you. Yeah, said, of course. That, that would be amazing. Now, I don't know what these are. I, I haven't. I'm on the call with you. I'm not about to listen to, to the Dropbox link at the moment. Can you pick a song <laughs> and tell us what? It, uh, tell us a bit about the song and and why you chose okay. it. Yes. So um, the one single that I release off this record thus far, it's called Magic. And magic is basically, um, it's about, cause I, my father was never really, really in my life along like mm-hmm. throat all my life. So when I finally did, you know, meet him or I knew, always knew who he was, but I finally started to build a relationship with him. Like I didn't hold that grudge of him not being around. Like I just kind of tried to understand where he was at in life and, uh, just kind of got to know him in that way. And like, we fucking are really the same people. And like, I, oh. I, I owe a lot of my creativity to my dad's side of my family. Shout out to Donnie Johnson. He's an ex-professional boxer, great singer, great songwriter as well. And I owe that creativity to him because I got older brothers that are just like, you know, they're making big waves. Shout out to Notes. Just released a song with O'Sound Lee and Jordan called uh, Pair of Wings. If, if you, anybody gets a chance, please go on YouTube and watch this video. It's so beautiful. But yeah, I owe it to him. And this song is basically me recognizing that where my creativity comes from is him and you know i've never ever held that grudge of him not being around because i know everybody's in their own you know they live their own life or just certain things happen you can't be around whatever i didn't hold that against him. who cares i love you pops straight up um but that's not the song i want you to listen to oh okay (laughs) i want you to listen to a track it's called i can wait now this is kind of like this is these are like these are like the demos still, like, but it sounds good. It's like base, it's basically a final mix, but these are still demos. Okay, so now, not, I can not, wait. Not mastered or anything. Okay, all right, got it, got nope. it. All right, they're all fresh. Wow, uh, well, this is really thrilling. I, I really appreciate this. That's very kind. Now, why did you pick that song? I can wait. Is uh, I picked this one because this is like the one. Like this is the one where it's probably going to be like the first one off the, uh, like the first one that you listen to on the record. Chudy Harris is in it, and I just kind of want to replug the fact that you know Chudy released this other track that i'm on and i want to show the world this track that he's on and uh, it's called i can wait i wrote it um a, a thing that i mean she'd like to do too is like we'll write songs for each other but then we'll give the other person the performance you know what i mean like i'll write a verse i'll write the song but i'll be like Judy, i want you to do the second verse you know what i mean like mm. our collaborative relationship has been, always been that way so I wrote this track, made the beat for it. Shout out to Zamani. Zamani's in this track too. I got a, my cousin Nix. He's hosting it. Okay, it's a jam. This one might have you in. <laughs> this might have you two stepping a little bit. Like I wanted to make this whole album kind of like, let's bring the dance back. You know what I mean? Let's get people in there in the kitchens dancing. I wanted to make this record like this. This song, this record itself, it isn't like legacy at all. This one's more like I'm trying to get people dancing and back into feeling good again, and. um I can wait's probably the one that really sets the tone for this record. Well, this is incredible. I mean, I really appreciate that that description. I I know it's called I I can wait, but I can't wait to download the link you sent me so I can hear this whole whatever you sent me. This is very exciting. I really appreciate it. And let's let's play it for people right now. This is brand new. Maybe I guess a world premiere, maybe or something. World premiere. This is a world premiere, cuz. World premiere of I can wait by Aquaculture. Lance, I, I I really, really appreciate this. I appreciate you. Thank you for this, and I, I hope we talk again soon, and best of luck with everything. 
Oh, man, thank you so much. Yo, I want to also shout out to Nathan Doucette. I want to shout out to Jeremy Costello. I want to shout out to Nick. Nathan's been doing a lot of work in Toronto with Encampment Support Network. So anybody, if you got any means, please donate to the, to ESN. Jeremy's here with me. We're, we're getting ready for this uh, Bleeding Gums Murphy album, live album release. And Nick is in Calgary. Shout out to my homie Chris Harper, too. They're doing a lot of history. They're practicing lots. Uh, Nick, anything Nick involves himself in, it's always a beautiful thing. So shout out to Nick. Shout out to the band. Shout out to everybody who's listening tonight uh, or today, wherever, whenever this is popping <laughs> off. I don't know. Vish, I want to say, man, I, I honestly highly appreciate you reaching out, man. It's been great talking to you. My daughter's kind of secretly waking up. She slept the whole way through. Like we're on this interview. Like, I don't know if you can, like, you might be able to hear her breathing back there. I don't know. Well, did you hear Shout my, out to Georgina. My son is downstairs having his virtual piano lesson. So uh, in the last 15 minutes, there's been gentle piano wafting up from the basement into our microphones uh, or my microphone. Uh. So wafting it's, is such a great word. Yeah. <laughs> it should it should be on the blurb. It should be aquaculture uh, is a surprising musical expression that wafts up from the underground. How about that? Ooh, that wafts <laughs> up from the underground. Yeah, like, like that's that's gonna be our new band description. <laughs> like when I apply for grants, that is the description. If you need any and help, I will apply, quote you. if you need any help applying for grants, need a letter of support, you hit me up. I will I will articulate this uh, even more clearly, I think. Uh, you, might as well, you might as well send that by the end of the day because I'm starting to write grants tomorrow. <laughs> Seriously, we'll figure it out. I'm, I'm happy to do it. Lance, uh, a genuine pleasure, uh, and I hope we speak soon. Yes, yes. Uh, it, was, it was beautiful. I really appreciate this talk. And anything else, man, you just, you just want to talk, man, and just, like, you know, we can call each other and you can, we can talk about anything. It doesn't I- have to be for, for the gram. Call yeah, me. Yeah, so. we should do it. I, I agree. I agree. But for now, let's let people hear I can wait and let them start two stepping. Straight up. I can wait. <laughs> Ain't even gotta say too much, man. I know you can feel it in your bones already. Now I need everybody to report to the dance floor for a special presentation. Hey yo, Judy, talk to him. I wake up feeling so much love for you. Will you beg my pardon? Yeah. If I had my way, I would sex you up all day. Baby, don't get me started. Cause I know sometimes you ain't got that time we need.
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Just like the largest thanks possible. Huge, the biggest, whatever I can muster, to Lance Sampson, not only being on the show, but for, you know, offering to give us this amazing new song, unreleased song by Aquaculture. Thank you so much to Lance, and thank you so much for listening to to this, the 598th uh, uh, episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and available wherever you get your podcasts. If you can't find an episode you're looking for, or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my monthly newsletter, please visit my website, vishkana.com. You can like Creative Control on Facebook, follow the show on Twitter, at vishcreative, or follow uh, me directly, at vishkana, or follow me on Instagram, too. I'm on Twitter and Instagram, at vishkana, so feel free to follow me on on those things. Also, visit patreon.com slash creativecontrol to make a flexible monthly donation. To keep the podcast going, $6 or more grants you access to exclusive content, uh, audio content that I post there uh, for those of you who donate $6 or more. And also, if you're interested in receiving a Creative Control t-shirt, please message me on Patreon and I'll get you one uh, while supplies last. I just uh, packaged one up for a listener in Thunder Bay, Ontario. So I went down to the basement and it turns out I still had uh, his size in uh, the box there. So... That's what it took. He messaged me on Patreon. Shirt's on its way. So again, patreon.com slash creative control if you too would like to partake in the content and the shirts and the supporting the show stuff. Thanks again to live at masseyhall.com where you can watch beautifully captured concerts by great Canadian artists and also to Pizza Trocadero, the bookshelf and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton for their in-kind support for this show. Uh, thanks to to Jim Guthrie. He lets me use music on the show, and he's an old friend of mine, and you should go check out his wares at jimguthrie.org. He's always putting up something new, it seems, on his Bandcamp or wherever. So go to jimguthrie.org and uh, learn more about him there. And finally, thank you for listening to this episode with uh, Aquaculture and for potentially subscribing to the podcast and telling your friends about the show and maybe asking them to listen to it and subscribe to it and spread the word about it. That's all great stuff, and it means a lot to me. So thank you. I will talk to you very soon. Bye for now.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.